0: The Once and Future Nerd depends on listeners like you for funding and for spreading the word. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend, leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, and if you are able, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash onceandfuturenerd. You shall be rewarded. once and future nerd book two myth made flesh chapter four i've been working on the whale road part one by Rihanna angel and christian t kelly madeira
1: had a feeling about you lot I should have thrown you overboard soon as i did well there's a lot of us, so I'd like to see you try.
2: I'd hazard your spell was effective,
1: Jen. Well done. Cool. We should probably get up there, though, because, you know,
2: Billy. on, oh, what do you do now? Pirates! Oh, wait, my fucking ass, you're shitting me. Nelson, Jen child and hide yourselves in the barrels quickly now yeah I, I take it these aren't the uh the zany wear eyeliner and stumble around drunk on rum brand of
1: pirates they may very well wear eye paint and drink rum but they are no less dangerous
2: for it now hide if they're dangerous then i'm not leaving billy alone up there and i'm not leaving ali and hiding's is no good Nia. pirates find hidden things on boats like it's well, like it's their job then we have to fight them right i let me hear
3: them. I'll make them
2: wish they never were What's up? Grappling hooks. They're bored in. oh uh, guys? I think now would be a good time to, like, not not
1: be here. Oh, Christ. Help! Come on, Nelson.
2: Let's go.
0: Right behind you, girl.
2: Uh, me too. Wait, wait, wait. We can't just run up there with our the thumbs up on twats. This is gonna take some finesse. Oh, get over we all came from one. Your language ceases to shock me, Your Grace, but to hear you advise caution does. Well, we don't have enough swords to take on a boat full of pirates, and they're going to know that as soon as they see us.
0: The Thief Queen of Armstrungard and True Queen of Jordan hastily surveyed her surroundings.
2: Jen, grab that clay jar.
0: We now return to Billy's side above deck, and jump backwards in time, just a moment, as the practiced marauders begin their boarding maneuvers.
1: Yep, I'm in it now. I recognize that banner, sure as I'd recognize my Mars left. That's the flag of Red Ren the Ruthless. Oh my god, is that Red Ren? I think it's Red Wren! Oh no! Red Wren, Red Wren!
0: As the grappling hooks pulled the two vessels together, planks were lowered to bridge the gap and it's the, um, things along the sides of ships. Sorry, I'm a wood sprite, this nautical sojourn is asking a lot. Did you know that boats are in essence big mouldy piles of my friends' twisted corpses that your kind casually rides around in for warfare and pleasure and everything in between? How's that terminology for you? Does it make you feel good about your choices? Sorry, yes, yes, uh, the pirates. Uh, Guys, I
1: think now would be a good time to, like, not, not be here. Oh,
4: Christ. Help! Oh, now you take this seriously, huh? Well, if you're smarter than you've been till now, you might just live through this. Everyone, keep your wits.
0: When I come aboard, show them your hands. No sudden movements, and give them what they ask for, quick as you can. And indeed, no sooner had the captain spoken than the pirate crew began to board, leaping between the railings... Ah, yes, that's the word. ...as if the distance and danger was that of a garden stepping stone. The fact that the small merchant ship's crew was woefully outnumbered was immediately apparent. Within moments, the merchant vessel was crawling with marauders in rough-spun clothes, faces hidden with all manner of marks. Then all heads turned as a large man with flaming red hair and an equally fiery beard, which he made no effort to hide, crossed between ships.
3: By God's perfect weather today, wouldn't you say? Not a cloud in the sky. Oh yeah, couldn't ask for a better day. Now, who's the captain of this beautiful
4: ship?
0: Steadily, cautiously, Otto Olafson stepped forward. I am, Captain Otto Olafson.
4: I assume I'm addressing the captain who calls himself Red Wren. Your legend
0: precedes you, and we're prepared to cooperate. As you can see, world. The large man hit Captain Olafson across the face with a massive, meaty fist and sent him careening into the ship's mast, where he collapsed in a quivering heap. Now, where's the first mate? You've been promoted! If you'd be so kind as the gold to go
3: fetch us the manifest, we're gonna tie the rest of you up, okay? And if anyone tries anything clever, I'll
0: pull them inside out, starting from their private bits, don't you know? As the pirate surveyed the cowering crew, his eyes fell on Arlene. Dirty as she was, she most certainly did not look as if she belonged on the deck of a boat.
3: Well, well, well. Morning, dear. Now, I might be crazy. Been called it before, don't you know? But you don't look to me like a sailor. In fact, I'd hazard a guess you were born into money. What do you think, boys and girls? (coughs) Oh, yeah, sure. Lots of money. Maybe even lands and title. Would one of you be a dear and bundle her up on the Red Reaver right away? Make sure she's comfortable and treat her as suits her rank, you lousy flea-bitten sons of no one. But just as
0: two pirates were approaching a petrified Arlene... Hey, Red Rob! ...the behemoth pirate turned toward the sound of Billy's voice and was met with an awe in the face. Danny isn't here, Mrs. Torrance! (laughs) Though the makeshift weapon had knocked the large man back a few steps, he didn't seem terribly bothered by it. He addressed Billy very calmly as he dabbed at a small trickle of blood from his nose.
3: Oh, by gods, here I am being as polite as can be, don't you know, and then you have to go and be rude.
0: The massive marauder grabbed Billy by the neck with one hand and lifted him off his feet.
3: Now I'll have to butter my bread
0: with your rib bones and drink a toast to your mother out of your shattered skull.
2: Settle down, freckles, or we'll all be doing a lot more swimming than we bargained for.
0: Strolling casually out of the doorway of the ship's hold came Regan. The elbow of her broken arm was hung through the sleeve of her cloak so that the garment served as a makeshift sling. At her side were Nelson, Gwen, and of course, Jen, who held a small clay pot high over her head.
3: Whole ship's rigged to blow. I throw this behind me and we're
2: all chum, so put him down.
3: Now I call horse feathers on that.
2: You want to bet your life on it? This ship's come from the South Sea. Holds full of dust for the war effort. Of course, you'd know that if you'd done your fucking job and read the manifest instead of getting in a pissing contest with a teenager. I expected better from Red Wren the Ruthless. Put. Him. Down!
0: As the pirate dropped Billy, Gwen took the opportunity to shuffle over to Arlene and grasp her hand tightly.
1: Can you crawl towards us, babe?
0: But the pirate planted a heavy foot firmly between Billy's shoulder blades. Oh no, I can't have that. He stays
3: right within stomping distance until we sort out this bomb business. Now, how's about you put that thing down gently? I'll hold it at waist level. So, you've heard of us. Any chance I've heard of you?
2: Regan. Irana Margaret Regan. Been called the Thief Queen of Armstrong God.
0: <laughs> Prove it.
2: Now, how in the fuck would I do that? It's not like they give you a God's damn sigil ring. And unlike you, I don't have anyone to sit around and sew me a flag. Let the stupid
0: boy go! Then the throng of raiders grew silent and quickly parted to make way for a short woman, dressed head to toe in black, her face half-covered with a cowl. I'll
1: hear her out.
0: Are you sure, ma'am? I don't know
1: if she's the teeth queen. But she just bested you lot with a jar of saltfish or whatever else she's got in there. Ain't no thunderdust. You have my attention for a moment. Make the most of it. Yeah, and who the fuck are
2: you?
0: The woman lowered her cowl and looked straight at Regan. Her eyes were a vibrant rose red.
1: Them that sell these seas call me Red Wren the Rootless.
3: Du like magic. Show some gosh darn respect to red-eyed Ren Sven's daughter. First of her name, only living child of Sven Johnson, son of John Ronson, son of Ron Swanson.
0: Ron's dad was called Harold.
2: So all that half-orc stuff you
1: spread around is actually true. We tell people me got red eyes. We tell people what happened when we visit a ship with crew that thinks they're tough
2: them fill in the rest. And this big fucker here, the old make everyone think your giant bodyguard is you grift Flashy. Oh, Firebeard
1: here's an odd one, but he's good in a fight, and got a good head for numbers. Now, speak, Irona Margaret Regan. May get him bored already. You ever heard of me, Ren? I've heard of the Teeth Queen of Armstrong Guard. May he see if she's not been seen around for a while.
2: You ever been to the bloody rat? I don't go ashore.
3: Oh, yeah, sure, I know the place. Heard it burned down.
2: It did. City guard is trying to burn me with it. And then this one here, name's Jen, she burned on the well-groomed lemming to throw the guard off her tail after she killed a sergeant. So, yeah, we had to split town.
0: Wren Sven's daughter appraised Jennifer Andrews suspiciously.
2: That was
1: you killed that sergeant? He had it coming. Couldn't have timed it better myself. Whole city guard was tied up trying to find the killer. Left the warehouses by the docks wide open. We made a small fortune that day. Shit, Madame, near owe you a fever. Alfie, for Galladin's sake, will you let the boy up?
0: Right then, off you go. As Al Firebeard lifted his foot from Billy's back, the young man scurried away as quickly as he could back towards his friends.
2: Appreciate that, and you're welcome. Now, obviously you're in a position to do us one more kindness, but I think we can help you out too. Can we go somewhere to talk?
0: And then suddenly... Aha! You boxy villains! Brennan vaulted out of the ship's hold with axe held high. Surrender your weapons or die where you. And immediately ran to the railings.
1: Who is this old geezer? He is the legendary Brennan of Greyfield. I'm sorry, he refused to stay in the hold. Heard of him? The Beast of Black Hole. You're trying to impress Red-Eye Wren with a famous orc killer.
0: Regan opened her mouth to respond, but was not entirely sure how.
1: Uh, Who else is with you? We'll find them soon enough. Best not to get our negotiations off on the wrong foot. These two have a child with them, and I've got an elf. An
2: elf? He does what I say.
1: You'd better have something goddamn worthwhile to offer me, Teeth Queen.
2: It's gonna take a while anyway to unload this ship. My crew will help. We'll do what? Meanwhile, you and I parlay.
0: All right. Ren turned to address her crew.
2: Gather them
1: all up, take their weapons, then tell them what to do. What happened to the captain?
3: I did, don't you know?
1: May I please tend to him? head wounds can get out of hand very quickly if not treated. You may have my staff. I am otherwise unarmed. Fine. But then take a look at one of my ensigns. Had the cut go putrid. I can promise no particular outcome, but I'll do all I can. Regan? We'll use the captain's quarters on this ship, for the time being. Bring your second. My what? Haven't you got a second in command? Oh yeah, of course I do.
0: Hastily, Regan surveyed those who stood by her side. The seasick old knight, the steadfastly principled acolyte, the trembling noblewoman, and her handmaiden...
2: Jen, come on. Uh, okay.
0: Upon her return to the White Forest, it was only with the greatest reluctance that Riloteet took the advice of her inferiors and stopped by the tree where the ill were cared for. But then again, meditation can only stave off the effects of two shattered legs for so long.
3: There you are, Lord General. This will soothe the pain and help the bone to set.
5: Thank you, Doctor. I've grown used to the battlefield. I should remember to appreciate the comforts of home from time to time.
3: Or else, what is it all for? I don't know if you remember, Lord Commander, but I served under you many years ago.
5: Of course I remember. Your name is...
3: uh... Renault, Commander.
5: Yes, that's right.
3: And if you don't mind me saying so, you were a great leader then, and you're a great leader
5: now. Thank you for saying so, Reynald.
3: I would not fret over much about this business with the council.
5: And what business is that exactly?
3: Oh, whatever they are displeased with you for.
5: Whatever it is you think you heard, I remind you that such matters are confidential.
3: Oh, well, you know how it is. I have a nephew. Was a page to a trustee.
5: I'd encourage you to remind your nephew that the council's secrets are secret for a good reason, and that the safety of the realm often depends on them remaining as such.
3: Of course, Taeed, I meant no disrespect.
5: Talk to that nephew of yours, or I shall.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, were you waiting for me to comment on the door? I thought I'd made my policy quite clear. Let's, let's get on with the programme. Ah, hello nephew. Uh, is the council ready for their guest? And so did the young elvish page escort the venerable general to the massive chamber in which the High Council of the White Forest held its meetings. As the council looked down upon her from their circular dais, Re held herself high over the diminutive podium where Brennan had been made to stand not a fortnight prior.
4: Lord Commander Teet the purpose of this meeting is to hear you explain how it came to be that a Mimiot soldier was permitted to witness a mass culling of orcs.
5: <clears throat> I'm sorry, a culling?
4: Yes, for as we're all aware, the Mimiot are a gullible and at times soft-hearted race. And such sights could easily pervert their sympathies.
5: Taid, your care in this matter is wise. My but... spouse
4: and I have served on this council ere four centuries, and I submit with pride that the human realms, their typical squabbles and foibles aside, have shown peace and docility for the entirety of our tenure.
5: And for mine, Taid. And but so I must... general.
4: This council is supremely interested to hear how this situation escaped your control and what is being done to mitigate the damage.
2: Of course. But might I first inquire as to the source of your information? General, I believe you were called here to answer questions to us.
5: Of course, Ta'id. But if we're to confront this problem,
2: ought we not share what we know about it with each other? We heard from our child, Yilowin, who heard it from a memyat soldier. Does that suffice? And Yilowin says only
5: that a colon has been witnessed.
4: Witnessed and gossiped about? By memyat soldiers, who say they can see no difference between urkyat young and memyat young?
5: I see. Very troubling indeed. The council has my most object apology. And my assurance, though I am not yet certain how this has happened, I intend to devote myself fully to finding out and solving the problem. Now to that end, might I inquire, Taidi, when was the last you heard from your child, Yelloween? Now why would that matter? I simply hope to estimate the potential reach of the problem.
4: Do you mean to imply that my child would have been foolish enough to spread what he had heard?
5: I mean to imply nothing of Yelloween. But soldier's gossip can spread like wildfire.
2: Yes, we're aware.
5: Oh, she means your child no insult, Ta'id.
0: Yillowin was here two days ago. He told his parents what he heard, and they immediately summoned the council and sent Yillowin back to the Mamiet to contain the situation.
5: If that is the case, then Ta'id Winlodik. Ta'id Batlilil. I'm afraid your child may be in danger. Danger? What danger? I'm afraid the mimiette he rides with may not be well-intentioned.
4: Do you mean Sir Brennan?
5: I mean specifically the lowborn girl who claims to be his arms bear. I grew suspicious of her when she testified before this council, and so I made inquiries regarding Brennan's entire party. I now believe she intends to press a very dubious claim to the mimiette throne, based on a relationship between Gunther Guarnatel and this woman's grandmother, a prostitute. Yes. The claim is indeed laughable. But for someone in such a position, a hill yet hostage with parents on the High Council could prove very useful.
0: At this, Yilloween's parents shared a look of deep concern.
2: If you feared this might be the case, then why did you wait so long to let any of us know? She seemed a known quantity,
5: and I figured it useful for Yilloween to keep close watch on her.
4: That was not for you to
5: decide. I of course understand your concern, Taid. If you would permit me to make amends, I would leave here at once, ride through my injuries, and find your child as fast as the fastest horse in Jordan can carry me.
4: No, thank you, General. You worry about this mem yet, Gossip. We shall send our house's personal guard after Yellowin.
5: Your personal? Ta'id, with respect, I don't doubt your bodyguard's dedication or fighting prowess, but none in Jordan can track or ride as my knights can. Allow me to do you this service and put your minds at ease.
2: General, the safety of our child is our concern. The safety of the realm is yours, if you insist. But in any case, I must be getting
5: back to my duties. I trust the council has been satisfied with my testimony. Am Not you- quite,
4: General. Before you leave, we wish for you to furnish us with the names of three persons serving under you who might be suitable to lead the taller Heel.
5: Excuse
2: me? Oh, you know how it is. Just in case the need should arise.
0: Not going to say it. As Rilotit stormed out of the High Council Chamber some ten minutes later, she made no effort to conceal her fury. But as she approached her mount, she saw the physician called Renald standing nearby. I hope you don't mind me dropping in,
3: Taid. I wanted to leave you some more medicine for the road.
5: Thank you, doctor. I'm afraid I must be going now.
3: That hazard a guess it did not go well with the council.
5: Renaud, if ever these trees should wither and these walls should crumble, make sure to know the politicians and bureaucrats were to blame.
3: If it makes you feel any better, Tait, politics is a delicate and oft-times inscrutable game. Even the greatest soldiers may find themselves... Outmaneuvered?
5: I have not been outmaneuvered. Some worthy adversary has not backed me into a checkmate. An idiot child has stumbled into the room and up into the game board. We're for freehold. Ride like you never have. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Once and Future Nerd is directed by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. It is created and executive produced by Zach Klass and Christian T. Kelly Madeira, and co-executive produced by Jess Kelly Madeira. Alex Story and Ryan Cushman are associate producers. It is performed by...
1: Rhiannon Angel.
0: Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky.
1: Anya Gibian.
0: Ian Hawkins.
1: Shannon Harris.
0: Paul Notice.
1: Juliet Prather.
0: Frank Querez.
1: Julie Reed,
0: Gregory M. Schultz Special guest appearance this chapter by Charlie An improvised musical team Production audio recording by Jared Paul Editing by Christian T. Kelly madera Post-production mixing and sound design by Dylan Garrity Tom Lee is our musical director and lead composer With additional scoring by Chris Montalbo For more, visit onceandfuturenerd.com Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr or Reddit we